about. Hey, today we're going to continue in this series entitled Stay Woke. Stay Woke. If you missed last week, you're going, what does stay woke mean? Um, stay woke is kind of a, a term that, that all the youngsters are using these days. Uh, and, and when somebody says stay woke, it means to, to be aware of, to, to stay alert, to be in the know of what is happening around you. This is a timely message, I believe, for the church of Jesus Christ. Because I, I think for, for, for a long time, we, 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 we've, we've seen things going on, but we've really just kind of like, oh, that's just the way it's going to be. It's just going to get worse before the return of the Lord. And so we, what we do is we, we resolve ourselves to just accept things the way they are. I believe that God is calling the body of Jesus Christ to, to be aware of, of the things going on around us. As we talked about last week, maybe some social injustice Things like racism, starvation, poverty, gender inequality, those types of things. And check this out. God wants the church of Jesus Christ to rise up and respond to those things. Are you with me there? And so it's not not enough just to to notice what's happening, but but it's a call to action. And I made that statement last week in in, in the message that that in God's economy, belief and action, excuse me, felt like a little middle school young man right there. <laughs> Belief and action are the same on the same spectrum. That, 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 that it's not enough just to believe that, oh, that we need to do something. It's actually a call to go and do something about it. We in the church have done a good job of praying about things we see and asking God to send someone else. It's time for us to be the answer to those prayers. It's time for us to step into the fray, get our hands a little bit dirty, get messed up a little bit with people. And, and I believe that God's calling us to stay woke, be alert, but then do something about what you see. Does that make sense? If you missed last week, that's the Cliff Note version. Go back and listen to it. It was pretty good, pretty good. But today, I, I want to give us, there, there's, there's something else that I believe is, is, is going on around us that we need to be alert to. There, there, there's something that you need to be aware that is happening around you. In fact, it's happening, I believe, even in this room right now. You need to stay woke to this. And, and, and 1 Peter chapter 5, verse, verse 8 gives us the answer. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Today, I believe that the church of Jesus needs to be awake. We need to stay woke to an enemy that is trying to detour and and sidetrack anything that we represent and stand for, the things of God. And even right now, he's, he's, he's battling someone right now, and your mind is somewhere else. You're zoned out, you're thinking about the NBA playoffs, you're thinking about lunch, you're thinking about whatever, and he's, he's trying to get you, keep you distracted. He's out to, as the scripture says, devour you. He's out to get, listen, Satan would love nothing less than, 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 than to, to eat you up. There is nothing more than, than Satan wants to do than, than enter certain areas of your life so that he can, can kind of gr- take a stronghold in your life. He'll do anything he can to, to throw you off center. 
He, he will do anything he can to, to distract you from your focus. He'll do anything possible to render you ineffective when it comes to the advancing of the kingdom of God. Do you believe what I'm talking about? Listen, you need to understand something about Satan, the devil, the enemy. He is not your friend. Scripture says he's out to devour you in 1 Peter 5. In fact, there's another passage of Scripture in John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus calls him the thief. You see, a lot of us have been robbed. You're being robbed of, of, of the life that Jesus came to give you. This enemy, this thief, Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, is out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So, so many people have it backwards. We, 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 we think that, man, he, he, he makes life more fun. He, 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 he brings things, he brings the excitement factor. No, no, no. He's out to devour you. He is not your friend and, and, and I'm just concerned, this is just me, I, I'm just a little concerned that maybe even those of us within the body of Christ have become a little too comfortable with him. We, we, we become, I, I use this word, and I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, so you English theologians help me out. Anesthetized. You, you know what that means? We've become a little numb to the enemy and what he's doing in our world today. You believe that, John? We're just a little too comfortable. Now, I, I, I think that really if I were to, hey, how many, of you, how many of you love the devil and how many of you want to be his buddy? I don't think any of you would say, that's me, bro. No. But yet my fear is that, that we become a little too accustomed and comfortable with some of his tactics. 27 years of full-time Christian ministry and I've seen some common areas in which the enemy, this prowler, this thief is attacking us. And he attacks all of us, right? You, you need to know that you're not immune to his attacks. And as long, I, as, long as we stay aware of what he's up to, as long as we will stay woke to what's happening in some of his strategies... I believe that we can be on guard to keep him out of those areas, those entry points in our lives that he's targeting. You see, right now he knows your weak spot. And that is the area that he's going to keep pounding, just trying to wedge himself in just a little, a little bit. So today, here's what I want us to do. I, I want to share with you five areas that I believe Satan wants to enter. The, the first thing is I believe Satan wants to enter your heart so that it's not God's alone. Now, now we know in Scripture, in, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, To guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Listen, Satan knows that he has an entry point in your life if God is not first in your heart. Right? Listen, there's, there's a verse of scripture that says you cannot serve both God and mammon, right? You, you, you've got to choose one or the other. And, and Satan knows that, hey, if God's not the number one priority in a person's life, then that means there's room for someone else. Are you with me there? And he knows that, that if he can, can just kind of wiggle his way and wedge his way into to that heart that is not sold out for God, oh man, then there is, there's hope for him. 
Now, we also need to remember that God's first commandment that he set forth under the old covenant, one of the ten commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, was this. God said, you must not have any other God but, but me. And, and, and then in the new covenant, Jesus restated that same thought when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment in all of the law? Do you remember what Jesus responded by saying in Luke 10? He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. So check this out. Satan's greatest desire is to prevent you. Say prevent. He wants to pre- prevent you from giving God all of your heart. And so here's what he does. He continues to, to dangle things. Anybody, anybody ever heard of, of Bugs Bunny? Great cartoon. And, and I'll never forget, Bugs Bunny had a weakness, a carrot. And I don't know how many times, would it, was that Elmer Fudd that was, Elmer Fudd or some would dangle that carrot and Bugs was kind of like in a trance, wasn't he? And he's like, oh. There's some carrots that I believe the enemy is dangling in front of us today because he knows if, if he can get us to pursue those things, these, these desires that he places in front of us, he knows that it will distract us. He, he knows that if, if he can raise up some other things, these false gods, and, and put them in front of us, we won't even realize what he's doing and what's happening and the impact they have in our lives. He'll try to dangle and lure you with a false God, maybe like your career. Maybe even a spouse or a love interest. Maybe there's, there's a dream or, or a goal that he's kind of dangling in front of you. Maybe a, a hobby or, 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 or a lifestyle. I, I know so many people whose, whose first love is, is their bodies. And so, that's not my problem. You can tell that, right? I know what you're thinking. But their first desire is is their bodies. And so, they spend more time working out in the gym more than letting God do a work in them. And there's nothing wrong with any of these things that I just laid out for you. But if we're not careful, those things... Although in themselves are not evil or bad, there's nothing wrong with having a career. There's nothing wrong with having a spouse. There's nothing wrong with working out. There's no, listen, but if we're not careful, those things can take priority in our lives. Are you with me there? And for some, those things can become a God. It's a subtle way of, of starting to, to love other things more than God. Some of you, not me, but some of you love food. Why are you laughing? My coach is here right now. My nutritionist is here. And you guys just threw me under the bus. Maybe it's, maybe it's money. Maybe it's recreation. Maybe it's even our children. I know, I know that none of us would, would ever forsake the things of God because of the whimperings or the desires of our kids. And cave in and do what they want to do. I don't want to go to church. I want to go to karate. Or You know what I'm saying? Maybe something like a substance. Maybe it's a a feeling. Listen, these things, some of us love so many other things in life, and Satan's winning the battle because he knows as he dangles that, man, if he can get that in there, there is no room for God. Listen, you need to guard your heart by keeping Christ on the throne of your life. 
That way Satan won't be able to sneak anything else in there. There's a second thing. Satan wants to enter your worries. To, to, to make you begin to doubt God's love and provision. Hey, Satan wants you stressing because then you're not resting in God's ability to care for you. Did you hear that? He, he wants you stressing so then you're not resting in God's ability to care for you. Now, we all stress and we all worry. In fact, women, there, there are some things that you tend to stress over. Th- things that, 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 that are temporal. Maybe things like bills that must be paid. Wh- whether or not a, a, a man will, will come into your life. M- maybe you're stressing out to, to today, ladies, over whether or not you'll be able to have a child. Or what someone is saying about you. Or, or how your body looks and so on. Men, you stress as well. You, 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 you tend to, to stress about your job, your status, what will people, you, men tend to stress about things that they, what they drive or, or how big their wheels are. Come on. We tend to stress about will we prov- be able to provide for our families or, 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 or whether or not we're just making the cut as a man because we have this image of what a real man is. And, and I wonder, am I measuring up? To that image. Then you throw in things that many people worry about like health concerns. Maybe about fears of of our aging parents. Maybe other situations. And and these things just begin to crowd out the peace that, that, that God can bring into our lives. And for some of us, when these things are jacked up and when we're worrying and stressing out of those things, we might even begin to blame God for the circumstances that we find ourselves in enemies at work. Work, 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 work. He's doing that to y'all. And he's causing us to stress and freak out. Listen, don't let Satan through the door with these tantalizing what-if scenarios, these what-if questions and doubts that he's weaving through your mind. In fact, I love what God says, instructs us in Philippians chapter 4. He says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, what? Instead, what? Don't you worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Let's just time out, stop right there. Those of you listening, thanks for tuning in, by the way. And I hope that this is reaching you and ministering to you right now. How many of you, and don't raise your hand. I'm going to have you raise your hand in just a few moments. But, but how many of you, when, when adverse circumstances comes or a negative thought begins to fill your mind, you're, one of your first reactions is to stop and pray about that. Moans and groans all across this room because you know why? For most of us, that's not our first reaction, is it? We begin to think, okay, how am I going to pull myself out of this? What can I do to fix this? What, 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 what do, okay, decisions? I, and we, you see what I'm saying? We, we begin to think about what we can do. Now listen, this is not a call for us to keep our heads stuck in the sand and to not take responsibility or be concerned about anything in life. But listen, don't, the, the words to Philippians 4 verse 6 are true. We need to be people that stop and spend more time praying about everything. And, 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 and I love it. It says, tell God what you need. And thank him for all that he has done. When's the last time you did that? Hey, did you thank God for waking you up this morning? Did you thank God for... For the food you've eaten, just thank God for, for a vehicle to get here. Anybody walk this morning? Anybody walk here? No? 
Um, you see what I'm saying? If we're not careful, we can begin to, to worry and focus on things. Verse 7 says, as you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Hey, church, listen, here's the takeaway. Keep praying about your concerns. Keep thanking God ahead of time for what he's about to do. Why? So that Satan doesn't get a stronghold in your mind, in your worries, and in your fears. The problem with so many of us is, is that I, I, we're cellar dwellers. How many of you have ever seen an aquarium? And, 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 and one of the things, if you've got a fish aquarium, you, you go by that thing is called a sucker fish. You ever seen a sucker fish? He hangs out on the bottom. Now, you've got a sucker fish, but then you've got some of those pretty little neon fish, too, that float around up top and look good when the sunlight hits them, but not the sucker fish. Too many of us are sucker fishes. We hang out on the bottom, and we're cellar dwellers. We take a survey of everything going on around us. We're staying woke. I thought you told me. Be alert. Be aware of. Stay woke. But yeah, you don't have to stay down there. Scripture says, set your mind on things above. See, Satan knows that if he can cause you to just be a focus on, on the things that are bad, the, 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 the cellar dweller. So many of us, man, we need to get our gaze upwards. I think we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. But this is just getting you ready. I'm priming the, ee, ee, the pump, getting ready, okay? We're cellar dwellers. We worry. We need to pray and thank God. In all situations, there's another area that Satan wants to enter your life. It's through your everyday thinking so that you're just like the world. Oh, man, this, this is the owie one. I didn't want to start there because I would lose you. I didn't want to leave it at the end because I would have already lost you, so I kind of put it in the middle. Here, here, here's my concern for, for us as believers today. We don't stand out as being set apart and different from the world. Am I talking to anybody? Now, I know that we have some icons of the faith that we can look to, like your Billy Grahams and people. I get that. But, but I just wonder if, if, if in your life this week, if were you accused as someone who's eat up with Jesus? Did, did people look at you and say, oh, my goodness, I see Jesus. Now, I know that that's maybe a, a kind of an exaggeration, but I hope that you understand my point. Are we living our lives in such a way that there is a noticeable difference that Jesus has made in us? See, Satan loves it whenever we just kind of blend in. And one of the things that he's done such a great job is in this everyday thinking. It, it's amazing to me how many people profess to know God and follow him, yet their thinking patterns are just like those of anyone else in the world. Hey, Satan loves that. He loves that. He, he, he wants you to be so absorbed with the things of the world that, that, that you're clueless about what God's word has to say. He, 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 he does this in so many subtle ways. For instance, the lyrics to the music you listen to. Maybe, maybe statements made from, from 
pro athletes or your favorite celebrity that go against God's word. Maybe words of advice for maybe even one of your, your friends. Maybe even a friend who, who is a believer. You know, sometimes we, we, we misquote scripture. Did you know that? Um, and, and, and sometimes people in, in, in trying to help you, they're, they're hurting you because they, they've taken something that, and just twisted it. God helps those who help themselves. That's, that's your translation. That's not the word of God, right? Scripture commands us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? You think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. Furthermore, God goes on to instruct us in Philippians chapter 4. He says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And the God of peace will be with you. But yet Satan would rather, we know that's what the word of God says. But Satan would rather have us in mental anguish by listening to the world rather than the word of God. Listen, guard your everyday thinking by soaking it in Scripture. Do you read this? This is not just something concocted to to, to give preachers a tool to use when he's speaking to people. Did you know that this is food and sustenance for your everyday life? In fact, just let me remind you what the psalmist would write. You ought to read Psalm. It's incredible. But the psalmist would write things like this. How can a young man keep his way pure? And the answer is what? By living according to your word. The psalmist would also say things like this. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do you know the word of God? Have you committed it to memory? I can't memorize stuff. Yeah, you can. You know the words of the national anthem? Most of you do. Some of you would screw it up too if you were on the Super Bowl, right? And by the way, just sing it like it's written. Can we just say that? Just, if, if you're ever invited to sing it, would you just sing it like the composer meant for it to be sung? Going on all the, I'm sorry, tangent, tangent. Drive me crazy. Um, where was I? Oh, hiding God's word in your heart. You can memorize it. I, I, I shared earlier real quick the story. I mean, how many of you know Ch- Chuck Colson, great preacher, author, leader of the faith? And Chuck Colson shares a story years ago after being on the road several weeks on crusades and traveling. I think he was in Canada when he, he shared this story about making his way into a hotel room, missing his family, and walking through the lobby of this hotel and making his way to the, uh, to the elevator. And as he got on the elevator, a couple of other ladies got on the elevator with him. He's standing by the area where you push the buttons. That's really awkward when you ask somebody else to push the the button for you, right? I just kind of throw an elbow and say, excuse me, I can do this myself. He asked these ladies, what floor are you going to? Their response was, we're going wherever you're going. His immediate thought was, I now know what's happening here. 
And Chuck Colson shares the story that of all the things that begin to fill his mind in that tiny elevator, having been secluded from his family for weeks at a time and really lonely and it's late and missing them. And by the way, that's oftentimes when you make the poorest decisions. Late at night when you're isolated. Chuck Colson said the thing that began to fill his mind was not, okay, how might this poor decision right now affect my marriage? Or how it would affect his kids and his family? Or it wasn't about, hey, how would it affect my legacy and the, the millions of people that have heard me speak or read something I've written or churches, other pastors? He said, the thing that began to fill my mind in that tiny elevator with these two ladies was the word of God. And I was able to recall scripture that helped me withstand this temptation. Come on, somebody. Do you understand why God's word is so important to us? You, 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 you need to get this in here, right? In fact, you parents, did you know that that, that, that was a challenge from God for you to, to train them and to get the word of God in their hearts, right? Right? And you're coming and you're going and still upon them the instruction of God, right? At, one, at some point, you're going to launch them, boom. You've got 936 weeks with your kids before you launch them into the world. From birth to 18 years old, 936, what are you doing with this? Oh, I'm, cha- I'm teaching them how to change a flat tire. Good for you. But what about this when temptation comes? I'm teaching them how to balance a checkbook. First of all, they don't carry that around anymore, okay? Um, but, but what have you instructed them with the word? Does that make sense? Guys, we need to get this. Those of you watching at home, get this in here. Because whatever's in here goes here. And whatever's here affects my actions and responses. Does that make sense to you guys? Number four. Satan wants to enter your life through your speech. And so you tear others apart. Listen, God wants us to be holy mouthpieces for him. He, he, wants, to be, he wants us to be people who use our words to bring healing and help to others that we speak to. But the enemy, this prowler, this one that's out there, woo, 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 devour you, Gator Nation... He's, he, he wants you to use your words to destroy people. He wants you to use your mouth big time to, to cause hurt. It's, it's through those few critical words here or there. It's, it's through a few, a few complaints here and there. Maybe just a little bit of profanity. I didn't use the big words, the dirty words, just, the, just some to, for edge. Just a little profanity mixed in with maybe a little gossip. And boy, you've got a cocktail of epic proportions. You're giving him permission. Tearing other people apart. And we just don't sound any different than the world. Satan knows that we can cause a lot of damage with this, right? He knows that we can cause so much damage with our mouths if we don't bring it under the control of God. So whether that's gossip, whether that's criticism or unkind remarks, or our mouths can be both instruments of righteousness and unrighteousness, correct? Close 
that door to Satan. Don't let him in. Take into consideration God's instructions to us found in Ephesians 4.29 that says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Hey, start at home with those words. Start at home. Let home be your practice field. Just speak words of encouragement and affirmation and be kind to the people that you share a a home with. And watch how that begins to not only change that environment, but it spreads to all other aspects of your life as well. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says to be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Hey, listen, be a verbally thankful person who speaks only to lift others up, not tear them down. And as you do that, you're going to begin to diminish and destroy this critical and complaining spirit that gives Satan a stronghold in your life. Number five, last one. Satan wants to enter our bodies so that they no longer glorify God. Hey, why is it that, that when people get depressed, they, they overeat or drink excessively or maybe even turn to substances? Why is it that young girls will cut their bodies and and starve themselves when they are dealing with emotional pain. I believe it's because Satan wants to turn us against our bodies. It's kind of his way of of getting back at God. If he can cause us to to, to neglect, hurt ourselves and neglect our bodies or, or look to substances or, or, or activities that bring harm to it, man, I'm telling you, it brings him much delight. Our bodies, you see, are precious to God. Did you know that? In fact, Scripture commands us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will accept. When you think of what he has done for you, Is this too much to ask? You see, Satan knows that God considers our bodies his temple. And therefore, he he, he wants to, to, to destroy us. God wants us to keep our bodies holy and healthy and honoring to him. That's why scripture says that our bodies, giving our bodies to him is a spiritual act of worship. And so because our bodies are holy to God, Satan would love to harm us. He would love for us to to mutilate them in some form or fashion, to starve them, destroy them, maybe with substances that are harmful. Don't let him in. Don't let him in in how you dress. Don't let him in in how you see yourself. Don't let him in and how you treat yourself. Ask God for a healthy body image and and, 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 and a desire to to protect your body. We must protect this house. Why do I want to protect my body? And I just want to to serve him as long as I'm here on earth. You, You know this is not our home. 
heaven is. But man, while I'm here, I want the strength and the stamina to run as hard as I possibly can with the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't want to be laid up and, and I, 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 I want to protect it as much as I can. I want to bring harm to it. And we do. It's easy, isn't it? Well, let me share with you real quickly a strategy. I want to share with you what I believe is the best strategy. We've talked a lot about, I wanted to identify what the enemy wants to, but I want to share with you what I believe is the best strategy. Now, now that you know the areas that Satan is attacking, God gives us a great defense. It's, it's Paul's instruction and encouragement to us. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. In fact, a little homework assignment. Maybe you could read verses 11 through 18 at some point today or throughout this week. Because I believe that this is a great strategy as we go to war against the attacks of the enemy. Paul, Paul says this in Ephesians 6, 11. He says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Hey, you know that when guys or gals go into battle, they put on armor. Unless you're David and just you're good with the slingshot, right? They put on armor. First responders put on a fire-retardant suit or a Kevlar vest. Those in the, in the military, unless you're Rambo and whatever, but, but they put on protective gear. They even wear helmets to protect themselves. There's armor involved. Most people that enter the fray, most people that enter battle or warfare, they protect themselves. What are you putting on, believer, to protect yourself against an enemy that is... He's hurling darts at you. Are you protected? Put on the full armor of God. I find it interesting when I read these verses that every piece of armor described in this passage refers to the character of Jesus Christ. In other words, you need to put on Christ's likeness. You need to abide in Christ. You need to be clothed in his character and righteousness so that you will be able to stand against the attacks of the enemy. In the Old Testament, there's a passage that says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Remember that? Is it Joshua? Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. And that's the choice that you have today. You can serve God or you can serve the enemy. But I love the declaration of Joshua. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a decision that you've got to make daily. Whom will you serve the enemy's doing his best to find a weakness in you. But your best strategy is to put on the armor of God. Put on his character, his nature, so that you can withstand the attacks of the enemy. Amen? I want to invite you to stand with me today. And, and I want to do something that just kind of 
the Lord gave me earlier this morning. And, 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 and this is just optional, but I, I'm just wondering if there are any men. I'm going to speak to men right now. Because I believe that we as men have the responsibility to protect our families. I think we as men are to protect and set the pace and lead out in culture. But men lead. Now ladies, this is, please hear my heart, this is not to negate your role or responsibility as well. But there's just something about when a man, a godly man steps out and leads. Ladies, is that correct? Ladies, wouldn't you love to see godly men rise up and lead in our culture once again? And so here's what I want to do. I want to pray over men today. If there's a man that would just love to come and stand down front today, I just want to bless men today. I want to bless and pray over men. I'm going to ask you to come and stand down front. Don't be scared. If you're scared here, you won't stand out there. <laughs> you see what I just did to you? <laughs> Ladies, I'm going to pray over you guys on Mother's Day, but I'm going to, I'm going to just challenge men right now, okay? And I pray for ladies. But listen, men, we have a mantle that God has placed on us. Not on ladies, but on us. Hey, and men, do you realize this? If the man would have been leading in Genesis when the woman was tempted with the fruit, if the man would have been doing what he would have been called to do and protecting and leading and modeling, Eve would have never taken that bite. But you know what happened, Colin? Man didn't lead there. And, and my concern is that maybe some of the situations, dudes, we find going on in our culture today, it falls on us because we've not led our families well. We, we've not loved our spouse as Christ loves the church. We're not willing to sacrifice for our family or for our friends in a way that we're called to. Listen, men, no pressure. But it is, I think it does rest on us. Ladies, are you okay with this? I'm going to pray over you guys. Men, get your hands out. Just receive this blessing today. Father, we, with hands open, declared that we need you. And Lord, we don't have it figured out. And we've been taught from a young age as little boys to be tough. Don't let anyone ever see you cry. When you get knocked down, you get back up, boy. You hear those things. So a lot of times, God, we, 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 we rest in and we fall on, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with those words, but, but we're looking to the words of an earthly father instead of one that sits in heaven more. And Father, I just want men that are standing here today with hands open to you. Lord, I, I, I pray that you would just remind us of who you call us to be. This is not what culture says. Lord, you've laid out who we as men of God need to be. And God, I'm praying that we would rise up. And God, that we would step out and lead as you call us to. And God, we would be protectors of our homes, our families. Lord, that we would love as you've called us to love and serve just as you serve, Jesus. God, that we would stay woke. We would be alert to what's happening around us. But God, that we would be men of action. Come on, somebody. God, that we would not just accept that this is the way it's going to be. But we would rise up and believe that my God is greater. And His Spirit lives within me.
And through him, all things are possible. God, use us as men to reverse this curse. We're going to walk in your power and in your strength. We're going to put on your armor as we go to war. We battle for those that we love. We battle for the things that are noble and true, those things that are right, God. God, we want to be the man of God that you've called us to be. When you breathed your breath in us, you had a vision for us as men. And God, today we declare with hands open that we're ready to walk in that. Use us, God, for your glory. It's not about us. It's all about you pray this blessing over these men today. Men, if you receive that, I want you to say amen. As our men leave and before we leave here today, our ministry team is going to stand down front today and we want to come alongside of you in your time of need. Maybe today we kind of pulled a scab off. Maybe I struck a nerve with some of you today. Hey, today our ministry team will be down front. And if we can come alongside of you and encourage you and pray with you, we will be honored to do so. Hey guys, listen, this week, Let's go in the power of a resurrected Jesus. Let's put him on display for others to see. You're dismissed. Thank you.